back in October, I volunteered to be the neighbor to put up all the Christmas decorations in the front of the neighborhood. It was that time of year when people were starting to volunteer to do stuff in our neighborhood. And so I threw my hat in, or I threw my name in the hat, rather. I was pretty excited. I told you all last month how excited I was about Christmas decorations. I just love them. So I was very excited about the big meeting that happened where they were going to vote on everybody getting to do all the stuff in the neighborhood. So during the vote, I just stood there, fingers crossed, please pick me. Please pick me. To my shock, to my surprise, no one else volunteered for that job. So they picked me. Yay! I was pretty excited. My family loved doing that with me. Don't ask them about it. They loved it so much they don't like to talk about it. But we had a great, great time doing it. We spent an afternoon lassoing all the Christmas lights around the trees and organizing the bows and the wreaths and the spotlights. And while we did it, our neighbors were so nice. As they were driving in and out of the neighborhood, they would roll down the window and be like, good job. Thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for the time. They were so nice. Our Jewish neighbors and friends even rolled down the windows and said, thank you so much for making it look festive. Maybe we think about blue lights next year, but we love the white ones. Noted. I'm going to bring it. Our neighbors were very nice, and we really enjoyed the decorations for the Christmas season. And then it was December 26th, and I started walking in my neighborhood, and a neighbor found me and said, hey, it's the day after Christmas. Christmas is over. Nada. Done. You need to go undecorate the neighborhood. I'm like, what? Huh? Yeah, Christmas is over. Go undecorate. My neighbor was so adamant about her opinion and so ready to move on with her day that just didn't think it was quite helpful to make any comments. So I just said, glad you enjoyed the decorations and kept walking. January 6th came around, January 2nd came around. Another walk, another neighbor. And the neighbor said, whew, I am glad you know the rule. And I was like, ooh. And she said, I think you and I are the only ones that know the real rule. I was like, me too. What's the rule? She said, well, you and I know that 12 days of Christmas don't even start until January 1. So thanks for leaving the decorations up till January 12th. Again. She was so adamant about her position that I thought, you know, just not sure this is the time that I can say anything very helpful. So I just said, yeah, glad you enjoyed the decorations. These were churchgoers in my neighborhood. And so it occurs to me that not all churchgoers know their church calendar. Chapel Roswell family, I do not want you ever to be caught in that uncomfortable situation of not knowing your church calendar. And so today, I'm going to teach it to you. And I'm going to do so using a fun game I call true or false. It's real simple. I'm going to give you a statement, and you're just going to tell me if it's true or false. Here's a practice to get you going. My name is Marion Brown. True or false? True. Yeah, you're doing great. 
Chapel Roswell is a modern expression of a historic faith. True or false? True. You are great. All right. True or false? The days before Christmas are actually the 12 days of Christmas. True or false? False. They're called Advent. The first day of Christmas is actually December 25th. True or false? True. So December 26th is the second day of Christmas. True or false? True. Y'all are great. True or false? We are in the Christmas season right now. False. True or false? Name the season we're in right now. True, it's epiphany. Epiphany means manifestation. We are in the season of epiphany where we are to be looking for God's manifestation. And so your church calendar is this. It starts with Advent. Christmas Day, the 12 days of Christmas. The day of epiphany that begins your season of epiphany. Leading you all the way to Ash Wednesday to begin Lent that ends in Easter Sunday morning. This is your first Sunday of the Epiphany Sunday of the Epiphany season. And so because of it, I want us to be good church calendar people and read our story of Epiphany now. It comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where's the child who has been born king of the Jews? Then King Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when a star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child. Bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. And when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. And then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. True or false? The wise men were there the night Christ was born. False. True or false? There were three wise men. False. There were three gifts. We don't know how many wise men. And the number has changed throughout the years. And yes, some translations call them wise men. Some call them king. But the original text called them magi. Magi were a scientist. They were astrologers that used instruments and methods to study the sky that dated way back even into Moses, before the time of Moses. And so, true or false, the gifts that they brought had meaning. True. Gold meant you were rich enough to be a king. 
Frankincense meant that you were a deity of some kind, and myrrh was used as a fragrance for the death of a body. And so in this one story, symbolically we know that Christ is worthy to be king, worthy to worship, and worthy for the sacrifice to save us all. True or false? It's okay to leave your Christmas lights up till Easter. You should ask your opinionated neighbors. <laughs> because I'm going to say true. I leave up my lights. I think that it's okay to leave up lights as long as they're multicolored, twinkly, and in the backyard. And don't ask my family in the back. They love my lights. They love them so much. Don't ask them about it, please. During this season, though, I call my lights Mardi Gras lights. And so, true or false, you only eat king cake on the one day of Mardi Gras. False. You should be eating king cake right now. Right now is the time of the epiphany season, eating king cakes. This is the time when we are to be making cakes, all the flour and butter and the oils and the fat. This is the time to eat cake before we have to give it up for Ash Wednesday. Because after all, king cake reminds us of the season where the kings were looking for the baby. And so we eat the cake until we find the baby. Whoever finds the baby is king for the day, and you must bring me the next cake. <laughs> Last question. True or false? It's fun to learn about our church calendar. True. Yeah, I'll answer it for you. It's true. And learning about our church calendar is important. In fact, it's imperative. This year, our church calendar has more relevance than it ever has. On the day of Epiphany, it's the same day every year. It's the day after the 12th day of Christmas. And this year, Epiphany happened to land on Wednesday, January 6th. The epiphany of God, the manifestation of God, the day when we are to begin our search looking for places of light and of justice and of equality and of mercy and of love. We are met politically with a place of darkness, of inequality, of injustice, of hate, of violence that led to death. And to not know your church calendar is to miss the dichotomy of that day. And to not know your church tradition is to possibly lose the hope that was there that day. Because the hope is that God's light will overcome any people in darkness. And to not know your church story may have been to forget that we have had words to pour into that day forever. The prophet thousands and thousands of years ago foretold the events that would happen on January 6th. And gave us words of hope and of faith to believe in. 
a prophet thousands of years ago, gave us the words and foretold what we are to believe on January 6th of this year and every year to follow. And the words of Isaiah are these. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the people, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together to come to you and they shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Lift up your eyes and look around because it is through your actions that the glory of the Lord will be shown. It is through your deeds that the glory will be shown. It is through the way you engage or do not engage your neighbors that someone will proclaim the Lord. Isaiah is reminding us not to idealize any King Herods of the day. That would be unwise. And to pay homage to any political structure of a day is unproductive. And I would suggest Isaiah is also saying that a true light of a spiritual awakening does not come through the light of a phone of a very quick social media post. The true light of epiphany comes through the one God, through the one Christ child. And any of our political and cultural and technological words should all come from a filter of that knowledge. So do not, people of epiphany, let things of this world shield you from giving the true gifts of new life and new birth and new hope to the one God, your king. That is how we claim the epiphany beginning on January 6th. For me this week, there's one scripture line that has been resonating with me. And it was the very last scripture. And it says, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. We have all come into 2021 on a road. And we've all been met with things. But my hope is that through this week of Epiphany, we will leave on a different road. I want to share a story about a time when I was in Nashville. This particular semester, I was working with a homeless community in downtown Nashville, and I was partnered, I was paired with a government employee. And our job was to help people on the streets get paperwork that they needed. Things like a photo ID and a birth certificate and a social security card 
These things are very important, especially if you live on the streets, you may have had to leave without them. And so our job was to help connect people with their paperwork again. I'd been doing it for a while, so I had some friends downtown living on the streets. And one particular night, I was, or one particular day, I was in Nashville working. And one of my friends who lived on the streets, his name is James, he said, Hey, Marion, there's a newbie on the street. Her name is Stacy, and she needs some help. It's like, Great, bring me to Stacy. So I met Stacy, and she began to tell me her story. And as I heard about her life that week, I was heartbroken. It was terrible what she had lived through. And I began to decide that she was safer on the streets of downtown Nashville than she had been in any home that she had lived in that week. It was getting late. It was about dusk. And very quickly, James ran over and said, hey, it's Worship Wednesday. We got to go. Are you coming? So Stacy said, yeah, I'm coming. And she got up and go. She went out to follow him and she turned around and she said, are you coming? And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's go. And then I turned around and I said, well, are you coming? And my government employee friend said, well, if you go, I have to go. And so off we went. And we all started following James. It got very dark, very fast. I know downtown Nashville. I know those streets. But somehow the way that James was taking us, I did not recognize. I began to get nervous. James, where are we going? Nothing was familiar. It was pitch black. There was no one around. It was perfectly quiet. And yet here I am following my homeless friend named James and a new friend named Stacy. James, again, where are we going? Where are you taking us? He pointed up, and he said, we're going to that streetlight right there. We just got to get to that streetlight. So we continued to follow. We finally got to that streetlight. You would not believe what we saw. All of a sudden, under that streetlight, there was this huge broken-down truck and in the bed of the truck, there was all of this food. It was unbelievable. And all around the truck, there were hundreds of people. And there were people of all different sizes and colors and shapes. It was amazing. There were high school kids and college kids and adults and little ones. There were all of us there. And there were dogs and cats and birds, and all of the other little insects that you would assume you could find in downtown anywhere. And here we all were around a truck, and James grabbed Stacy, and Stacy grabbed me, and I grabbed my friend, and we found our way to the truck to get our food. We got our food, and we went and sat down in our spots, and very quickly, everyone had done the same. And all of a sudden, right there under the street light, in the middle of a truck bed that now was totally empty, had no more food, one man stood up. And we all knew him. If you'd spent any time in homeless streets of Nashville, we all knew this guy. He went by the name Chaplin. And Chaplin had 
absolutely no theological education. I'm not sure he even graduated high school, but he was chaplain. And he stood up on the empty truck bed, and he began worship. Nothing fancy. No hymns. No music. No order of worship. No announcements. He just stood up, and he asked one question. My friend James leaned over and he said, he asked the same question every worship Wednesday. And he asked us, where have you seen Christ this week? Very quickly, people began to answer. People began to share where they had seen Christ. And as I'm listening, a very familiar voice began to speak. It was Stacy. And Stacy very quickly could recount all of the ways that she had seen Christ in the last seven days. All of the things that had happened to her in her life. And yet she was quick to say over and over again every day ways that she saw Christ. And as she began to tell her story, I began to see my epiphany. And I began to see God manifesting in the face of my friend. When it was over, James took us right back to where we started. It was the same roads, the same turns, the same direction. But I went home on a different road. I invite you, Chapel Roswell, stand on the street lamp with me. Stand under the lights of Epiphany with me. And may we leave on a different road. When we leave here, the streets will be the same, the turns will be the same, the neighbors are going to be the same, the issues are going to be the same. But we can leave home on a different road. And that's when we can proclaim the name of our Lord. Amen. Take a minute. Let's be in silence and let's have a prayer together. Gracious and holy Lord, grant us glimpses of you today. And grant us a glimpse of who we are called to be this new year. For we are looking for a sense of purpose, so may we find it in you. Reveal your truth to us in a way that helps us to receive your grace and your direction. We confess, Lord, that we sometimes are attracted to things. We're attracted to lights that distract us. And we ignore the light of people who need us in front of us. And so we may look to you to help us.
rest in your light. Help us to rest in your prophecy. Help us to rest in your gift. And help us to rest in the security of your glory. And may we be the first to help someone next to us see the same light. Lord, we ask that you join our efforts with all those across the world who are calling out to you this season. And we ask that you help us be good advocates for the world so that we may be servants of peace and of justice and of light and of grace. And Lord, wherever you may need us this year, put us there. And may we follow you in safety and knowledge and courage, knowing that you are going to take us to the street where we need to be. And Lord, we pray for what's happening in our nation. We pray for every leader. We pray for every representative. And we pray for every community member. And we pray for every neighbor, whether we agree with them or not. We pray for them and we ask that your spirit be poured out upon us so that we may remember the ties of reconciliation, the ties of unity, and the ties of unconditional forgiveness in you. Be with us in whatever need we may have now, Lord. And be with us so that we are aware of the many needs that we don't even know to speak. But may the spirit in our heart say those out loud for you on our behalf. Help us to be part of a change this new year. And may we call out to you always as our alpha, the beginning of this new year. Amen. In addition to the responses of prayer, we invite you to respond to our campus through giving through Chapel Roswell. And so the ways to give are listed up there on your screen. It's very easy. You just grab your phone. You can also leave your gifts in the baskets at the doors. And so we invite you to respond with your prayers, with your presence, with your gifts, and also with your witness. And now we turn to our beautiful Chapel Roswell band. <laughs> 